Welcome to the Blitzburg Pittsburgh Steelers Podcast. Your place for everything Steelers every week. Welcome to the very first episode of the Blitzburg Podcast. I've got a lot in store for you guys, so let's just go right into it. Obviously, we've all seen the game at this point. The Steelers weren't able to pull out the win in Denver in the divisional round of the playoffs. They ended up losing 23-16. However, beyond that, for most of the game, uh, the Steelers really controlled uh, a lot. I mean, one of the areas that really killed them was field position. Throughout the start of the game, till the end, they really didn't have prime field position for any of their drives. Uh, they were only able to score one touchdown on a, on Toussaint. But the biggest thing, the biggest stories heading into the game was Ben Roethlisberger's arm. Uh, could they get D'Angelo Williams back, and how Brown was going to be doing with his concussion? Um, in hindsight, we we know that you know D'Angelo Williams wasn't ready. Uh, Antonio Brown wasn't ready either. The biggest part of Antonio Brown that the team missed was actually not as a receiver, but on special teams. The receiving core as a whole really stepped up in this game. I was very happy and pleased with the way it, uh, Martavis Bryant played. He had nine catches. Um, he had two big runs uh, off end around sweeps. And he really impressed me. Uh, the other player, the other receiver that really impressed me, uh, Marcus Wheaton had a pretty quiet game. But man, the rookie, Sammy Coates, he played well. Uh, he only had two catches, but you could tell he knew what he was doing. One of the catches was a very big one. Um, so looking forward, I'd really like to see how he steps up next year because, you know, with a. Uh, we don't know what where Darius Hayward Hayward Bay is going to be. Uh, I to be honest, I doubt he'll be on the team next year. I think he's going to test free agency. I think he might find something. He, I mean, he realizes his role in the Steelers, and uh, with I think next year, you know, the Steelers are going to kind of let Coates see what Coates can do. It'll be his second year, so they'll. I think you know Darius Hayward Bay his his best spot on the team right now would be like the fifth wide receiver so I think you know there's plenty of wide receiver needy teams out there so I believe that you know he'll probably test the market and I don't think he'll be back which you know Darius Hayward Bay hey he he played he stepped up in the beginning of the season when Bryant wasn't there uh he played pretty well most of the season uh and the biggest place where he'll be missed is on special teams but Brown was was sorely missed on special teams because with Brown out, Wheaton was returning the punts, um, and he, you could tell he was not comfortable the entire game. The entire game, uh, he made mental errors on at least two or three of the punts. Uh, the one punt, he uh, instead of blocking, he didn't call for a fail, fair catch. So the rule is, you know, if you call for a fair catch, you're not allowed to 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 block any of the opposing team. But if you don't call a fair catch, you can block the, the opposing team. And one of the Broncos came up. Uh, Wheaton let the ball bounce. 
and he was hoping that it would get into the end zone, and instead of blocking the Bronco, he let the Bronco go right by him and um, kind of tapped the ball out of the end zone, which gave the Steelers absolutely terrible field position for that drive. Uh, so if he would have, you know, even gotten in the, the dude's way, they would have been out. It would have been a touchback. They would have been out at 20. Um, his other mistake was fumbling, muffing the punt. Uh, the Steelers were able to recover that, but and luckily they were able to get a touchback, but that was very extremely dangerous. I mean, if the Broncos would have recovered that, it would have been direct, either a direct touchdown on the play or they would have been at you know within the five yards. So uh, looking forward, hopefully... You know, Wheaton's, I doubt Wheaton will ever get another chance to return punts. I think either, you know, they'll have somebody else do it next year or back to Antonio Brown. Um, but, but but like I said, the game was hard. Uh, it was hard fought the whole way. You know, most of the game, the Steelers, the Denver Broncos went out 6 to nothing to begin with. And then, you know, after that, the Steelers were leading by one point almost the entire game. Uh Obviously, we know that, you know, Toussaint had the huge turnover. Um, and that was gut-wrenching, but, you know, the guy did work hard all season. I mean, he was, what, our fourth running back this year? Because, uh, obviously, with the Dre Archer release, Le'Veon Bell going down, and then D'Angelo going down. Yeah, I mean, these were practice squad guys. Uh, Toussaint was on practice squad most of the, the season, and he... When when they moved him up, he jumped he jumped Todman for for the depth role. Um, so his number was called. He he had a good game, you know. He had a good game besides the fumble. He's great in pass protection. Um, he he caught a couple balls out of the backfield. He had one big catch. Uh, I think it was last week. Um, when the Steelers really needed it, he he had that big catch for the first down. And this week, he, he was playing well all up until that fumble. Uh, but the fumble is what really killed the game, uh, along with the field position and everything else. The Steelers, I mean, it was a hard-fought game. Down until the end, I think most people thought that the Steelers were going to be able to pull it out. But the last drive, Peyton Manning pulled out. Hats off to them. Uh, I think it would have been a different game, though, had the Denver Broncos wide receivers played better. Uh, in the first half alone, they had six drop passes, and a couple of them were big, big drops. I mean, they were first down drops. You know, the one one of the plays was the running back out of the backfield. I mean, he had a good 15 yards ahead of him, totally clear in the middle of the field, um, but he dropped that ball, thankfully. But, you know, but this is a team, this Pittsburgh Steelers team, uh, Regardless of what they did this year, I mean, they made it far this year for what they had. You know, I think the 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 big killer bees or whatever, you know, Ben, Bell, Brown, and if you want to add Brian into that mix, they were only on the field together for around 17 plays this year, I think I, I read the stat. And that's, you know, your four biggest playmakers. I mean, and the real killer bee here is perfect because Vontez perfect because he... uh he pretty much wiped out all the killer bees at some point in the season. I mean, Ben with the shoulder, uh, Le'Veon Bell earlier in the year with the MCL, and then um, Brown with the concussion. So he he knocked out a good chunk of the Steelers' production for at least part of the year. 
But you look ahead, I mean, this team dealt with so many injuries. They had Ben Roethlisberger out for four full games in like parts of two others. Obviously, they had Martavis Bryant with the four-game suspension, plus he missed another game on top of that uh, with a leg injury, I believe it was. And then you had Bell that went out. So this team, you know, for for most of the season was without at least a couple of their starters on offense. Uh, defense, I thought the defense really stepped up this year, especially towards the second half of the year. Uh, yeah, they still had problems with uh, the pass defense, but the run defense was stellar all year. Um, I was very impressed with their run defense, and I think going forward, this is a very young defense, very young team in general, to be honest. And, um, you know, they got a lot of experience under their belt this year. They had a playoff win. They grew as a team. And you can tell. You can tell this team is close. Just by the way they are in the locker room, the way they are out on the field, you can tell this team sticks up for each other and they believe in one another. And that is a lot to be said for, you know, in the NFL, you have to have a good core group and a, a team a group of players that meshes well together. And I, th- I believe this Pittsburgh Steelers team has that. So going forward to 2016, I like what I see. You know, this is a, t- this is a resilient team. They, they made it this far without, you know, I mean, I, I read a stat as well that they were the first team in, in the modern era that has played a playoff game without their leading receiver and their leading running back. And they almost made it to the AFC Championship game. They were like three minutes away. So, you know, going forward to next season, you know, there's not going to be a lot of turnover, especially on the offensive side of the ball. This is a team that has a young nucleus, and they are building around that, and they are, you know, they're they're doing what they need to do. Uh, So going forward next year, you know, Bell will most likely be healthy by the start of the season. So hopefully, uh, Sanquez Golson was, uh, was the news broke a couple days ago that he, he's ready to, uh, resume workouts. So he, he will be there for the full off season program. Uh, he'll, he'll be allowed to join their rookie mini camp directly after the draft since he was ineligible last year with the injury. Um, you know, they have Duran Grant in the wings, he was he this was basically a red shirt year for him played on special teams a little bit um they need to decide if they're going to pick up the option on Jarvis Jones for the 2017 season they need to do that by you know within a couple months but you know this team i mean on the offensive side of the ball the only real people you know they lost and, and that's another thing they lost Pouncey all pro center they lost Kelvin Beecham which was you know he was playing really well at left tackle uh he was a diamond in the rough coming out of the draft seventh round pick starting left tackle one of the better ones in the league um so you know this team lost a lot this year on the offensive side of the ball more than anything but 
they have to decide if they're going to re-sign Ramon Foster, which I think they'll be able to get a you know one to two year deal done. Um, so there's not really not a lot of turnover. They have to decide. You know, Kelvin Beecham has to decide. You know, if he wants to test the open market, or if the Steelers offer him something, if he'll just take that offer. I mean, he was out most of the year with that ACL and. A lot of teams don't like ACL injuries, you know. We are in a different time. You know, ACLs are a lot easier to surgically repair. But still, it is a concern moving forward. So, I mean, and he lost a huge chunk of money with going down with that injury, unfortunately for him. So, they need to decide if they're going to make an offer to Kelvin Beecham. need to decide if they're going to make an offer to Ramon Foster. And if not, where... uh where they want to go in the future with that. Uh, but this team has a lot of depth pieces that played really well this year. <clears throat> you had Alejandro Villanueva, who really stepped up. Uh, every week he got better and better. Um, so I'm excited about his future, see what he can do next year. Uh, he'll definitely challenge Kelvin Beecham. You know, if they do resign Beecham, he'll definitely challenge him for the spot. But the thing with those two is, you know, Beecham is a left tackle. They, you know, if they decide not to re-sign Foster, they could potentially try to move him to left guard. But the big money's where left tackle is, so you know he's probably not going to want to uh, do anything but play left tackle. The thing is, though, if they do want to keep Av or Villanueva, if they want to keep Villanueva at left tackle, um, then there's really no spot for Beecham on this team because he, I mean, he, he, he'd be too expensive to be a depth piece. And there's no way you're going to swing Villanueva at guard. He's just too big. Uh, he's six foot nine, So they need to make that choice. They need to decide on Bell too. I mean, Bell needs an extension. Uh, they'll probably decide whether they're going to offer him a deal uh, around training camp, you know, when they can really see that knee and really see how he gets back into it. But Bell is an extremely hard worker. Uh, You constantly see him posting videos of him working out, and you can tell. I mean, the dude posted something in the past. I mean, he had extremely low body fat. I mean, I think it was like 2%, something absurdly low. So that guy is a warrior. Um and hopefully we can get a deal done. You know, somebody posted, just posted an article. Uh, I forget who it was, but they were, you know, saying how the team shouldn't offer Bell any, you know, shouldn't offer him a contract because he'll be too expensive. And, you know, all the teams that are currently in the, in the championship games don't have thousand yard uh, running backs, but you know what? It doesn't matter what other teams are doing. It matters what the Pittsburgh Steelers want to do. Pittsburgh Steelers need a good running back. I mean, for a while there, after Mendenhall retired, or after he went off to Arizona, we saw that, you know, a team with no running backs, how hard that was, you know, when we had Isaac Redman. And, you know, those weren't bad backs. They just weren't franchise backs. They weren't feature backs. So we had Isaac Redman and Jonathan Dwyer. And, you know, they had good games here and there, but you could tell that they were not what we needed. 
and Le'Veon Bell when he came in. You know, a lot of people were disappointed thinking that we needed to draft Lacey, Lacey, Lacey because he was still on the board. But, I mean, myself included, I was a Lacey, Lacey fan coming out of college. But Le'Veon Bell, I mean, make no mistake, he is the best back in the league right now. He can do it all. He, he's he's fantastic in pass protection. He, I, I would argue that he's the best receiving running back in the league. And he can run better than anyone. He's got amazing cuts on the field. I mean, that dude is something special. And although running backs have short shelf lives in the NFL, you know, a four or five year deal would pretty much see that his career ends in Pittsburgh, or at least in his prime would end in Pittsburgh. So, you know, we'll have to see what they do there. Hopefully they can get him a deal. But looking into the future, you know, they got they made it very extremely far for what they had um in the playoffs this year and going forward the good thing is that you know a lot of these players that stepped up this year are going to be depth or they might start next year like Robert Golden I th- I don't think Will Allen will be back I think this is finally the year where Tomlin cuts the cord with Will Allen um Will Allen has been to- Mike Tomlin's boy since he became head coach and while he plays well, he's just getting to that age where, you know, I mean, he's making mistakes because he doesn't have the same physical traits as he had when he was younger. He's not making many mental mistakes, but, but you know, you can tell his body is worn down. And I think it's finally time to let him go and look towards the future. Uh, the, I mean, he it, it, it was good to have him this year because you know, of of the uncertainty of Shamarco Thomas, and we already saw how that worked out. You know, I mean, he was benched before the preseason was even over. So Will Allen, you know, was good there, but uh, the team will have to decide, you know, if Robert Golden, uh, their other safety depth piece, if he's going to be the future. Because, I mean, they're going to have to, they're really going to have to decide whether they want to invest in a draft pick, a high draft pick this year at safety. Or if they want to give Rob, I mean Robert Golden, they have to decide if he's going to be the future at safety or if he'll just be a stopgap. But I believe at the start of next season, Robert Golden will be the starting strong safety. So looking towards this year's draft, um, you know I think everyone wants them to go cornerback first round. You know they've proven year after year that they're not going to do that. They have no interest in drafting a corner, a defensive back that high. Um, you know, I believe the last defensive back that they drafted in the first round was Troy Palomalo. Uh and they traded up to get him and you know, we saw we all saw how that worked out. It was a wonderful pick. Uh but he struggled his first his first year. Um he didn't really come on until I mean, he was just pretty much a special teams player's rookie year. But he uh you know, he was a blessing for the Steelers for, for his career. I mean, he made, I mean, I, I tell people all the time, you know, I think Palomalu had the best highlight reel for any safety, you know, of all time. I mean, there's plenty of YouTube videos of his, you know, career highlights, and I, it's it's so fun to watch him play. Uh, even his, I mean, his highlight reel is just, he's got insane interceptions, insane tackles, but yeah, going forward, I you know I think in draft this year, uh, first round, 
they're going to have to go. They need to, first of all, they need to address the outside linebacker position. Um, you know, basically, again, this year, one of their top producers, I mean, pretty much their top producer at outside linebacker was James Harrison. The dude's going to be like 38. So you need to, you need to get people in the future and build that. And, you know, they have, I mean, the past, how many years they've spent, you know, first round picks on linebackers, uh, Bud Dupree, Ryan Shazier, Jarvis Jones. Uh, so they really are building around a young core group, which is good. But the thing is, this outside linebacker group this year struggled mightily with getting sacks. Uh, their leading sack producer was uh, Hayward. Cameron Hayward, and Tewitt had a decent amount of sacks. I mean, Bud Dupree, rookie, we'll give him a slight pass, but, you know, he had four sacks, which is good. But the second half of the season, he had, like, no production sack-wise. Uh, Jarvis Jones isn't – I mean, he he's he's developed into a good run defender, but he's just not that – he's just not a great pass rusher. So we need pass rushers on uh, in the outside linebacker position. So I can I can see them going outside linebacker uh, first round. Uh, another high priority for this draft has to be defensive end depth or defensive line depth in general. You know, they have McClendon, who was a great run defender this year. They have Tewart and Hayward, who pretty much played like almost every every snap of the defensive side, which is way too much. I mean, you need more depth. I mean, those are big dudes out there all the time. And not only do they get tired, but when you're tired, you're less likely to play with good technique, and that leads to more injury. And I would not like to see either Hayward or or Tua get injured. I mean, Tua was a steal last year's draft, or the year before that. Um, Tua has developed, and I mean, if you watch that divisional game last week, he was a beast against the run. He was plugging up everything. And he's had a couple sacks this year too. So, you know, they need they need depth on the defensive line. Um, so I can see them addressing that pretty pretty early outside linebacker. And they need to develop another safety. Uh either behind Mitchell or uh Golden. So I can see safety being a high pick, uh specifically strong safety. You have Von Bell in the draft. Uh, I haven't watched much tape yet, but uh, you know I'll hopefully get into that soon and see see who I like and you know read up on all the the uh, prospects and all that. But uh, the other thing, I mean, they are they are they might not even address corner this draft. I mean, you know, a lot of people forget about Senquez Golson. He was a second round pick. He's very short, but he has good instincts, and we'll see how he plays. I mean, he's, he's been around the team his rookie year. Uh, it sucks that he didn't get on the field at all, but we'll see how he performs next year. And I think the Steelers are content with having him right now and Duran Grant. Uh, they'll have to resign William Gay. They'll have to resign. I think they will bring back Antoine Blake, even though a lot of people don't like that. You know, he was injured a lot of this year, and you could tell because he didn't want to hit people. Uh, and he's usually a big hitter, so... You know, I think it was, a, you know, a wrist or a thumb injury, something like that, something with his hand. So we'll see how he heals and how he, you know, they'll probably sign him for a one-year deal. Um, we have Cockrell, who who performed pretty well this year. 
uh, they'll sign him. Or I think he's a I think he's an exclusive rights free agent. So I mean he'll be back. Uh, I don't think anyone will take him away from Pittsburgh. And then beyond that, you're gonna have to draft another tight end because let's face it, Heath Miller's getting older. Uh, I think he's only got one year left. Next year, I think it will be Heath Miller's last year. Um, you also have Matt Spath, who is pretty much a pass blocking or a run blocking specialist tight end. You have Jesse James, who played decent, you know, his first year. We'll see how he performs next year, but you need depth beyond that. And I don't, you know, I don't know how. The, looking forward, I don't. You can never predict how the Steelers are going to do in free agency. I mean, every couple years they'll make a, a a slight splash here and there, like with the Mike Mitchell pick or pickup. But um, you know, I don't know if they're going to draft another tight end. I don't know if they're going to. I think they'll. I think they will draft another tight end. I'm not sure if they'll sign a free agent. They they might have to to be honest, but uh, you know there's they have they this team has a couple good problems to have. They have Chris Boswell, who performed extremely well as a rookie. Uh, he broke some you know franchise records for rookie kicking, and um, even in the postseason, I mean he had the most. He, I think he was seven for seven in the postseason. So that's I mean, and I was worried you know going into the postseason how he would perform because you can never tell with kickers and when the pressure's on you you know these kickers are expected to be automatic and it's just simply not the case and with Denver I mean the the wind was a huge factor and they didn't even attempt you know two field goals because of the wind so they left six points on the board pending if Boswell could have made those kicks but they also have Sean Swisham and Swisham you know, as a proven veteran, but, you know, I think, you know, Boswell's cheaper. I think they'll go into the season with Boswell. I think they'll try to find a, a kicking needy team in the preseason to trade Swisham to pending he's healthy. Um, so that's a good problem to have. They also have Roosevelt Nix, uh, who was an undrafted free agent this year, who, who, who really caught Tomlin's eye and, you know, he played, he was a stellar run blocker. I mean, he, that guy is willing to get in there and just pound so we'll have to see if they want to carry uh if they want to carry will johnson next year because will johnson and roosevelt Knicks are core special teamers at this point they were missing both their fullbacks in in the denver game so that was big for the run game so they you know this team and this team always has a you know a great wide receiver problem they always have great wide receivers. And so that means that, you know, a couple guys won't be able to stick around. You know, last year, Ellie Rogers, uh, he got hurt, but he was playing extremely well in the preseason and he was really fighting for a spot. If not, he would have been on the practice squad, but he got hurt. So we'll see if he comes back next year. Uh, they did announce their, their future player signings. I'll get this up here in a minute. So they did sign Knicks and Hover to one-year contract extensions, which is good. Um, Hover was a depth piece at guard, center, and Roosevelt Knicks, obviously. We just talked about him. They also signed about uh, 10 players 
to reserve future contracts. Uh, nine of them were on the team's practice squad this year. Uh, the biggest names on those is safety Jordan Dangerfield. Uh, he might be able to grab a spot on the 53 next year. I mean, uh, the past two preseasons, he's had some big plays. Uh, hopefully we'll see how his development. Uh, Shaquem Phillips was signed to the to the future deal. And then uh, B.J. Finney, who was on the practice squad as a he was a center guard. Uh, so we'll see there. We'll see how they develop over the off season into the preseason. Uh, hopefully, you know they'll be able to find another diamond in the rough in those. Going into the off season, uh, Mike Mitchell, Jordan Berry, Ryan Shazier, Matt Spath, David DeCastro, and Marcus Gilbert will all need some sort of uh, surgery. Most of them will be scopes. Uh, Mike Mitchell needs a left, his left shoulder worked on. Jordan Berry, the right shoulder. And according to profootballtalk.com, they're facing four-month rehab periods. So I'll be out for a little while uh, going into the offseason. Uh, hopefully they'll be ready for workouts and all that. Uh, OTAs, I'm sure they'll be ready for. Uh, Ryan Shazier, Matt Spath, they both need knee scopes. Uh, their rehabs are measured in weeks, and DeCastro and Gilbert need ankle scopes. So they'll get cleaned up. Uh, they'll be ready. They'll be ready for next year. So, but like, I mean, going back to what I was saying earlier, this team has a lot of great pieces going forward. We'll have to see what they do in the draft. Uh, we'll have to see if they draft. Maybe they draft a quarterback this year. Uh, some some point in, within the first four rounds. I doubt they will, but you never know. They're they're. I mean, we we had no back when uh, Landry Jones was drafted in the fourth round. Nobody expected that. So we'll see what they do. I mean, Ben was out a lot of time this year, and he got hit a. I mean, he had a lot of injuries this year, so. We'll see what they do with that in the future. I don't think Landry Jones is the answer. The bat, at best, he's a he's a number two quarterback. Uh, Bruce Gradkowski. To be honest, I think they might let Landry Jones take the number two position. Mike Vick will not be back next year. I guarantee it. I think he's Mike Vick is done in the league. Uh, he did have that big win for us this year, but other than that, he was pretty horrible. So I think Landry Jones will go in the next year as the number two, and I think maybe you know they'll draft a quarterback within the later rounds to to maybe develop. You know, you look at this offense right now, and for the next year or so, you know, next year they don't really have to worry about a lot, but in the future they're gonna have to make decisions. They're gonna have to let some of these guys walk and test free agency, whether it be Le'Veon Bell, whether it be Wheaton, whether it be Bryant. They can't pay all these guys unfortunately that's just the nature of the game nature of the salary cap uh nature of the market they cannot pay you know a feature running back a feature receiver a feature possession receiver There is no way that they will be able to pay uh, Marcus Wheaton, Martavis Bryant, Le'Veon Bell, uh, David Castro. So you have all these young pieces, which is great. But the thing is, you can't pay all these guys. 
I think I think when Marcus Wheaton times come, I think they'll let him test free agency. Uh, I think a team will pay him more than Steers will be willing to pay him just because they're so good at developing wide receivers and other teams aren't. Um, I think they do try to keep Bryant uh, pending how he does in the offseason with his uh, drug problem. Hopefully, I mean, if he gets caught again, if he gets tested again and he comes up positive, he's out for the entire next year. So, I mean, he will miss a full season. So he needs to keep his nose clean. Um, and stay off the weed. And that's, you know, I mean, that'll test him. I mean, if he wants to be great, he's got to learn to be great both on and off the field. And there's no better person to train under to work out with than Antonio Brown. So we'll see how he does. Uh, Looking forward, Coates, I think Coates will replace uh, Wheaton's production. That's why they drafted him. Um, so they will have a bunch of decisions to make. You know, they'll have to pay to it eventually soon. Shazier, all these guys. So we'll really have to see. I mean, this window within the next few years, I mean, they're building a championship caliber team right now. But the thing is, you only have like two, three year window before you have to start over again. And with Ben getting older, I think next year will be their best chance to make a run. As long as this team can stay healthy, they can match up with any team in this league. And they have the the most potent offense in all the league. So we'll see how they do. We'll see how healthy they stay next year. And we'll look forward to the draft season. So hopefully I'll be making more shows soon. Probably not every week right now. Once the next season starts kicking back up, it'll be every week. So stay tuned. I hope you enjoyed. Um, I hope to talk to you soon. And thank you for tuning in to the first episode of the Blitzburg Steelers podcast.